You're listening to Unseen Theatrics with Clinton Kamak. Welcome to today's episode. Today we are talking about a job that is one of the first faces you see when you enter a venue. Answering all your questions about the show, helping you find your seat, and even telling you where the toilets are. Today we are talking about ushers. Sarah has been an usher for 10 years at a local theatre in Adelaide, working with both professionally touring shows schools and graduations. Welcome, Sarah, to Unseen Theatrics podcast for today. Hi, Clinton. How are you going? Good. Thanks for having me. That's all right. Are you well? Yes, yeah, as well as, you know, can be expected in these weird times. So, yeah, it'll be good to talk about something other than corona. Oh, that's good. That's good. T- tell me, what do you think about theatre? What, what's important? Why, why is theatre so, so important? Um, theatre is important, I think, for a few reasons. It, it provides entertainment firstly and it just you know exposes people to different art forms um it also for the performers and the actors and the musicians gives them an opportunity to show audiences big or small what they do and and why they do it interesting do you find dealing with different artists and different people what's the most challenging thing about that in in live theater i think um, sometimes an audience, you can just feel the positive energy in the room um, and the performers really feed off that. And, you know, for some maybe community shows, you can just feel the kind of negativity or the, I don't know, the unpleasant feeling of having to sit through another dance concert or something. And it really just does affect what's happening on stage, I think. So, really interesting hmm okay so tell me what excites you about being an usher in a theater um look it's not maybe not the most glamorous job um i like being an usher because i personally am a musician as well so i like to see all these amazing different shows it gives me a chance to sit back and reflect a lot um during the show you know remembering when i was in high school doing a music showcase and and all of those things. Um, I don't mind an audience. I think each audience is really interesting. And, of course, the the um, content of the show really draws in different audiences, you know, from a whole bunch of old biddies that get out once a month and drink some wine and have, just want to have a chat to young families that are in and out all the time with their their children, trying to keep them calm and not miss their children on stage. They kind of provide a bit of a bit of they break up the the routine of being an usher. And I quite like that. It sounds like you uh, you see a wide demographic of people that come through the theatre. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So tell me about what you think makes a, a good usher. Um, I think it's a lot of little things. You know, and there's a lot of it's just common sense, like smiling at people. You know, you just so often are just standing there and you're telling people what they can't do. Like, hey, you can't take photos. No, I can't let you out right now. No, I can't let you in. We've got a lock in. Um, you can't put your feet on the chair. So it's just little things like smiling, especially as people are coming in or leaving or um, and opening doors. 
it's such a, a weird thing of mine that I always want to open the door for every customer. One, it stops the door from making a really loud banging and disrupting the show. But I think it's just such a common courtesy. They're in a hurry. They're in an unfamiliar place. It's dark. Let me open the door for you and just be really friendly. Yeah, and just be really polite. Sometimes customers are going to ask you the same question 16 billion times and you've got to just smile and let them ask their question and treat them like they're not asking a stupid question. So it's just that that level of politeness that sometimes people get tired and frustrated and don't remember to do. Uh, no question is a stupid question in theatre. Correct. <laughs> Even if I've heard the same question 20 times that day. <laughs> That's right. If you like what you're listening to, Check out my Facebook page, Unseen Theatrics, for more show notes and links. Sharing education of live theatre. So you, you've mentioned uh, interpersonal skills with people. Are, are there any, any courses or anything that you'd recommend or have done to uh, improve in your job? I vaguely remember, and it was years ago, it probably was like 2011, the theatre I worked at did this um, training and it was, it was something about dealing with difficult customers. And it was really interesting. I honestly don't remember a lot about it. But the one thing that I did take out of it, um, I do put in place a lot, so I thought that was good. I don't I don't know of any trainings that's available right now. I think the best training is maybe go and be um, a patron in a theatre. Like go see a show and see how you'd like to be treated. Okay. What about external, like other training that – that help you with any first aid or oh yeah of course sorry I forgot about all those yeah first aid although not necessary I think is an amazing one to have um you do have to do your child protection training so we're first respond um uh, abuse and neglect training I personally also have my responsible service of alcohol because I sometimes work in the bar and oh you have to have a police clearance so um just all those checks to make sure we're being safe. Yeah, okay. All right. So there's there's a few courses people could do that uh, would help them get a get a foot in the door. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and just in volunteering your local community theatre, showing an interest in theatre is always a good one. That's that's true. That's true. Community theatre is a, a great starting point. You've, you've touched on this a little bit. How do you find dealing with general public all the time? You're at their beck and call. It's really can be very draining in my particular theatre and being a community theatre, we have what we call dance seasons. So that's towards the end of like school terms and the end of year. And it's relentless. It's every night. It's two shows on a Saturday and two on a Sunday. And then you're back on a Monday and a Wednesday. And, and it's just relentless. And you hear the same dances and everything kind of blurs together. Dealing with those customers that like you've got to you've just got to put whatever emotional emotions you're feeling, any tiredness aside, and you've just got to go in and remember that this might be this one customer's only ever time they come to the theatre and you just have to be your best and do your best. I think morale within your co-workers, trying to keep each other pumped up and um, not down. Um, yeah, and just finding those little things that, make each shift a little bit easier. Like I'm relentless for counting um, the number of people in the audience as a secondary number that, that we have to just do every show, but it's something kind of calming for me. I just count them and I go, yeah, we have 300 people in the audience. Great, done. A good way to keep yourself occupied as well. Definitely. <laughs> How early before the, the show starts or the doors open to let people in do you generally arrive at the venue to get ready? 
Every every show is different. I mean, not every show, every venue is different. I personally like to be there um, an hour before the show starts. Um, my workplace say we have to be there 45 minutes before the show starts. So doors usually open 20 minutes before the show. So that really only gives you 25 minutes before opening to stand around the foyer, answer questions, get yourself ready, have like a rundown with your manager. So yeah, that's why I like to get there a little bit earlier so I can kind of sort myself out. Yeah, you just mentioned a rundown with the manager. What what kind of information yeah. do they give you and what what's their job title? So that's usually, well, at my theatre, it's called the front of house manager. Um, they give us sometimes not a lot of information because they don't have it. Um, and sometimes they give us amazing amounts of information. It's up to each hirer and how well they've communicated and how well the manager has gone and, and found out the information. They tell us things like um, how long the show is meant to be if there's an interval and if there is an interval, if there's any weird requests. So usually an interval is 20 minutes, but sometimes we'll do a 40-minute interval so they can have a barbecue outside or maybe they just want a five-minute interval. It's, it really depends. Uh, if, they're, if the audience are allowed to take photos or not, if they're allowed to take alcohol into the show, so we have a bar, but um, we have different laws around the alcohol consumption. Uh, if we've got a full house, if we've got any wheelchair patrons, if we've got any special requests, and if, you know, maybe there might be performers that are coming down through your door that you sit out during the show and, and running down the stairs and just be careful, don't get in their way and, yeah. Okay. I think that's all they gave us. <laughs> There's a couple of things, and you mentioned something earlier. You mentioned something about a lockout. What What yeah. is that and what does that entail? Uh, lockouts are becoming slightly more common. It usually tends to be through the opening number, and I'm thinking more about commercial shows or like a musical. So basically that means if the audience comes late, you know, two minutes late, five minutes late, we've, we've already started the show and there's this period and it might just be the first number, it might be 15 minutes, really depends on the show, where they do not want the audience doors opening into the theatre because it allows lots of noise, allows light, it's distracting for other audience members for latecomers to be going to their seats. The hirers just said, look, we want to lock out for five minutes don't let anyone in. And so that's really hard to juggle. You've got to stand outside with these patrons that are late and you just need to be like, I'm sorry, you know, this is what's happening. It's for everyone's safety and try and explain to them. But you're also meant to be keeping an eye on the show itself to make sure any audience members aren't taking photos or haven't got lost or or stuff like that. It's quite common. Um, I think it's a really good idea. It just gets the show started in a quite neat, clean way. So, yeah. Okay, that sounds like you've got to use your uh, interpersonal skills quite a bit, keeping customers happy while missing the start of a show. Yeah. The the other thing that you you mentioned was about wheelchairs. So how how do you deal with them getting them seated and in the venue? Oh, yeah. Um, So my particular venue has um, like a ground level entry, as most theatres do. And there's a specific area which is assigned as the wheelchair seating. It's where there aren't any seats or the seats, the theatre seats can be removed to make way for um, people in wheelchairs. Um, there's also next to the wheelchair seats what we call uh, the disabled seats, which are just, again, at ground level and are easier to access. They've got a little bit more leg room. So for people in, like, walkers that can walk a little bit but usually need that extra leg room. Um, usually a person in a wheelchair is actually pretty capable of getting themselves into the theatre or they have a friend with them that can help and it's just about manoeuvring them into the right spot. 
I know at some of the bigger venues they have 20, 30 wheelchair spots um, and it's a lot easier for them to access. Ours is ours is okay. It's not very big, so it gets a bit crowded sometimes. Yes, they uh, they do tend to take up more than a, a single seat. Yeah, they're getting bigger, these wheelchairs. Each, each kind of few years I notice the upgrades are a giant. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. Next week, we talk to a camera operator. If your back focus isn't set, uh, when you zoom in and out, you'll lose focus, which is not what you want. Everyone's got to work as a team, um, and then if that doesn't happen, it all it all falls apart. So, in your pre-show chat and that, the, does the front of house manager hand out uh, equipment or anything uh, to you to take up to your door to use during or uh, during the show? Yeah, they might not like specifically hand it to me. <laughs> but, we, but yeah, usually sitting on the desk or um, waiting for us is a radio. So each usher, front of house manager, one of the technicians and bar staff and any other staff like a fire warden will all communicate to each other through these radios, which are pretty cool. Um, sit on your ear. They're not too uncomfortable. And we get a torch. Some shows, we most shows actually, we get we use a scanner, like a ticket scanner. Yeah. So that's the other thing. And I always take water up because um, you do a lot of talking and you get thirsty. Okay. Uh, you just mentioned another job in there that uh, that listen, listeners may not have, have heard of, a fire warden. Yeah. Yeah, fire wardens are really cool. So, um, oh, wait, do you want me to explain what a fire warden is? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Just get, just get a brief outline of uh, what a fire warden does. Cool. Um, so in theatre, sometimes we have to turn off the fire panel. It might be because we have um, a smoke machine or a haze machine or fireworks. They've become quite popular in live theatre. Um, or something, some reason we need to turn off the fire panel. Now this is done legally and safely, um, but to make sure then that nothing bad happens and make sure a fire doesn't start, we have a person that has to continuously walk around and they make up their own route, but they have to check every single inch of the theatre. So they're constantly moving. It's about three hours if shows standard length and they have to wait around after the show's finished and the fire panel's back on, but they walk around and make sure there's no fires. Great. Get to see every inch of a venue, that what's seen and what isn't seen as well. Yeah, there's some pretty weird spots they get into. So you've you've made it to your door? Yeah. And um, they've just opened up the doors and you start serving customers. Yeah. What are some of the things that you say to the customers when they're when they're walking through with their ticket? Oh mate, I have said this so many times. I can do it for you. Okay. But first I'm gonna set it up. So this particular show has no photos. No photos, no videos, no nothing. Like it's a standard like I don't know high school show or something. Okay. So as people are coming, they go, Hey, how are you going today? Can I have your ticket please? I'm taking their ticket. I mean, great. So tonight's show, there's just no photos or videos. So sit back and relax. You're sitting in row J, which is right here, and I'll point in seats 40 and 42. So that's right in the middle there. Enjoy the show. And I go to the next person. Light, cheerful, and uh, quite happy about it. And it's on repeat continuously. <laughs> right. So you obviously look at the number of where they're seated, but. Do you check anything mm-hmm. else of the ticket or just where they're sitting? Yeah. So I got really good at talking and reading at the same time in some point. Um, I'm checking the date as well, especially if it's a, sh- um, a show with multiple performances and dates. So I check the date real briefly and the time if it's a show that's on the same date but two different times, like a matinee and an evening. That's it. 
just checking dates and seat numbers. Okay, all right. Uh, people are all in sitting down. How does a show actually get started? Do you do you get communication from someone when it's about to start? Um, yeah, so our front of house manager, uh, when the foyer is clear at my particular venue, will you know tell us to shut our doors, turn off our lights, and get ready. Um, and then when all that's done, there might you know we might still be like, oh, thirty seconds. I've got a person struggling in, and someone's on my stairs, and you try and get everyone seated. Then the front of house manager can see when the usher's ready because we've turned off our lights. It's pretty obvious. Um, and they will communicate to the theatre technician or whichever tech is on radio on that shift and they will then communicate to the stage manager. So it's a bit of a relay but it gets the job done. Sounds like it's a well-oiled machine. Yeah, it's pretty quick actually. So the show, the show's running, uh, curtain's gone up, everything's happening. You've got your radios on. What is there communication during the show on what, what's sort of being said or talked about? Um, we try and keep the radio chatter to very minimum. It's it's usually only work-based stuff. It might be, hey, um, Sarah, do you mind popping down to the foyer and uh, helping in the bar for 30 seconds at interval or, um, you know, there's some late patrons coming up your door so you, then you know to expect someone at your door and go out and greet them and do your whole spiel and help them in. Um, it's very minimal. Sometimes we as ushers will communicate to front of house and let them, uh, front of house manager and say, hey, I just need a 30 second break. Can I run to the toilet and they'll come and swap out with you? Or you might talk to your other usher and say, hey, someone's trying to take photos on your side. Can you just run and tell them? But it's pretty minimal, actually. Okay, that's good. It's clear, clear radio waves. With with all the all the phones and that and cameras and that and laws and child protection mm. uh, going around the place, how do you deal with the the audience members that just want to get that one happy snap of their grandkid or their their child doing their dance or the pro show that's coming through and there's a a famous actor on stage? Most people for professional shows are really really good. I remember um, a year or two ago we had a show that involved quite a lot of stripping at the end and some you know middle-aged women were definitely the target audience and there are a few that had indulged in a bottle of wine or two um but they were actually my favorite audience I think I've ever had and they were so good like we were very clear at the beginning of the show and we were very strict like there was to be no photography and when all this stripping at the end was coming on like you know all the ushers were moving down close to the audience to really make sure we could see and not one of them could give a shit about their phone <laughs> they were just loving the show they did not care um parents and aunts and especially younger um, parents that might want photos of their children that's why i make sure i tell everyone as they're coming in about it so they have that warning usually in shows they'll do like a an announcement as the show is starting as well, reminding them that they can't take photos. <laughs> and then sometimes the show will do a personalised one as well again. So the, the theatre I work with does a stock standard one and then they might do another one. I'm really cool. Like I give a warning. I basically go up to them and go, hey, you don't need to take photos. Pop it away and, you know, enjoy the show. If I go a second time, I do warn them that it is actually against the child protection law and I will ask them to leave if they continue to use their camera. I've not really ever had to get to that point, maybe only once or twice. And then the third time I actually just call my manager and say they've had two warnings, you can remove them now. Um, and as a team, we'll work together and either tell them they need to get out. I have a copy of the protection policy at and all the usher doors, so if they ever want to ask to see that, they can have it. But um, 
I've never actually had to kick anyone out. I've had one person walk out themselves because they were over it and I was like, great, you've just done my job for me. That makes your life easy. That was so good. (laughs) If you like what you hear, please subscribe so you can hear each episode as it comes out. We've heard about what happens during a show. Uh, What about at the end of a show? So the the curtains come down, uh, house lights come up. What 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 do you what role do you guys play then? We're pretty much just helping people out. There'll always be one usher. And my particular thing has got this weird weird door. We call it door X because it's just a fun name that leads from the the audience to the backstage. Um, and there's you know always some people that think it's Lisa for you, or they they think. Oh, it's okay. My child's in the show. I can go backstage. And I'm like, no. Unless they've kind of, we've been told that they can go through there. Usually no one's allowed. So one usher has to man that door. And it's not about stopping them from being their kid. It's just about making sure everything's done safely and that people are signed in if they need to be. Um, so one person's there. If we have an orchestra pit, so it means like part of the stage lowers down, as you'd know. Yeah. So sometimes. People have to, ushers have to stand near that just to make sure, you know, people aren't leaning into the orchestra pit to wave hello at their child. Um, but usually as you're doing all those jobs, you're just smiling and saying thanks. I hope you enjoyed the show. See you next time. Um, just kind of smiling and protecting doors but also being a friendly person at the same time. <laughs> Once they're all out, then we just got to clean up. Okay. All right. Checking under all seats and front and back and oh yeah oh and people sneaking weird things or leave weird rubbish it's all part of the job they've had a good night that's all that matters oh, that's right and if it's their only trip to the to the theatre for the for the for the year it's uh it's it's important that they have a good night yeah <laughs> so you're you're in charge of well not in charge but you look after anywhere depending on your size of the venue, uh, you know, 200 through to, you know, 1,000 people in a venue some mm. days. Not everything is going to go smoothly all the time. <laughs> so some sometimes there might be an evacuation or a smoke detector goes off. How do you help in in evacuating the venue being an usher with so many people in, in the venue that you've got to take care of? Touch wood. I have actually never done an evacuation in 10 years at this theatre. I know of three evacuations that have happened. Um, One was, I think two were during a day, so I wasn't there. And one was in an evening, so like, and I just wasn't on that shift. So in 10 years, I've never had to do it. But the training we've been through is quite clear. What happens is, is actually up to the the front of house manager and the theatre tech to communicate. Sometimes... It might just be the power's gone out or it might be a fire. Like there's really different variants on why we might evacuate. We've had a few situations where the power does go out and we just sit for five minutes. But eventually when we do evacuate, the house lights will come on in in an emergency. We open up all of the doors that lead um, to the foyer. So that door X I was talking about, we try and keep that one closed to prevent parents running and grabbing kids because then if it is a show with children, because um, then obviously we've got to worry about children going missing and that's just a whole other issue. So, yeah, we direct the audience out. My seat is really cool because out the front there's a big grassy area and we all just meet there. So as ushers, we're helping people that might need it, so those people in wheelchairs, those people in walkers, um, and we're just trying to keep everyone calm really and direct them straight out. Front of house manager has a few other roles 
Um, yeah, so it's really just about getting people out. So I, as an usher, am responsible for the um, audience, the tech um, guys and the tech team. They're all responsible for the backstage artists. So, All right. Sounds like you've got plenty to do and keep yourself occupied if, if an emergency does happen. Oh, yeah. We're not allowed back in to the fire department have been and it's, yeah, it just gets a bit... All right. So a couple of uh, more lighthearted questions just to oh, uh, <laughs> uh, to finish off. What's the strangest strangest question that you've been <laughs> asked? I I don't think I get asked anything strange. I get told really strange things. Okay. Um, like people come up and be like, "Oh, I'm just just pop into the loo to pump." All right, cool. You could have just told me around the loo, but thanks. Or and um, people walk out and go, oh, this is, this is boring. My kid's not on for two hours. I'm going to go to the pub. Cool, man. Like, you enjoy that. I've been asked some weird ones about, um, um, like, where they can change their baby. And that's fine. Like, we have a change room. But sometimes, like, oh, I'll, just do it on, I'll just do it on this seat. And I'm like, why did you ask me? If you're just going to do it right there and, um, you know. So, no, I, I think I get told weird things. Okay. I think. I remember a guy tried to ask me out one day when I was working in the bar and he was just trying to get a free drink. Right. That didn't work, did it, though? No, it did not. All right. Um, you got any tips or, or tricks uh, that you, you want to pass on to any newbies coming into uh, ushering? Don't be scared to be assertive. Um, I know when I started, I was 17 and I was like, <laughs> what is this job and how do I do it? Um, and I, you know, had no training, so I've made it up. Um, don't be, don't be scared to be assertive, but you need to be assertive and approachable. It's this weird mix. So that's my tip. My tricks, uh, make your life easier by getting into the habit of doing things. So become habitual, like always hold your torch and shine it when audience members are leaving. Um, say the same greeting. So it just becomes really habitual and easy to do. Okay, there's some uh, some good tips there for people uh, getting into it. Thanks. The last question uh, is, uh, as a woman, have you mm. had to overcome any adversity in the industry, which is predominantly male? I think it's really interesting. Um, front of house at my particular venue is very woman-dominated. Woman I don't necessarily think there's anything I've had to overcome I I know there's been instances with audience members that as a woman probably wouldn't have happened if I was a man. Um, but no, the only thing is sometimes like the text can just kind of brush past you and, and be a bit rude, but I don't necessarily think that's because I'm a woman. I think that's just because I'm an usher. Okay, so you've been you've been quite lucky, yeah, and so. uh, had had a good work environment to uh, to work in. Yes, uh, yes, I really do think so. Awesome. Well, that's kind of wrapping up our um, our interview. Is there any other last final words you want to you want to mention? Uh, go see as many shows as you can, and support arts within Australia and internationally as much as you can, because. We have some talented as people out there. That's awesome and really great advice to go out and, and see the local uh, performing arts. Definitely. Awesome. Thank you to Sarah for coming on the podcast and sharing a bit about what it is to be an usher, what goes on before, during and after the show. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.